This episode is presented by Wild Dunes Resort, a resort unlike any other. Wild Dunes offers something for everyone. Award-winning golf, tennis, pickleball, and sparkling pools, delicious on-site dining, and memorable outdoor adventures. Located just outside Charleston in beautiful Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Wild Dunes offers 36 holes of signature golf designed by Tom Fazio. The Lynx course was Fazio's first solo design and is still among his favorites today. From the rustling palms lining the rolling fairways to a finishing hole overlooking the glistening Atlantic, the Lynx course is South Carolina golf at its finest. The Harbor Course, another of Fazio's gems known for its challenging design, beautiful views, and most of all, water. From lagoons and salt marshes to the intracoastal waterway, this course will test all aspects of your game. Whether it's an afternoon golf outing or a week-long excursion, you will enjoy every minute of your golf vacation at Wild Dunes Resort. Learn more about Wild Dunes at wilddunes.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm Al Lunsford, one of your hosts, joined by Joe Passoff. And today, let's get right to it. We're going to talk about golf and islands. Islands around the country with fantastic public golf. So golf that most of you who are listening can play. Joe, what are the reasons we like island golf? You know, Al, uh, I- I'm a fan of island golf. And, you know, the o- whole idea of uh, finding your island, you know, finding your beach. Islands have beaches. Islands look out at water at many points of the island. So, you know, typically we associate that with great golf because you have wind, you have scenery, uh you know, you've got to flight your ball properly, just like Lynx Golf in Scotland. Uh, and so, yeah, the U.S. has its fair share of islands where you can get away. You kind of immediately think that it's a retreat. You know, you're escaping to somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I think the best golf, or at least the best of island golf, you know, hopefully uh, there is a wide variety of courses to choose from. In some cases, you go out there because there's just one great course. And in other cases, uh, we'll give bonus points for trophy courses, for quantity as well as quality and that kind of thing. But that's the appeal behind finding an island for golf. We've similarly had conversations about you know, coastal golf being this attractive thing because you're playing golf next to water you know, that gets ratcheted up exponentially when you have a a golf island because inherently it's a piece of land surrounded by water. So you're going to have a lot of water views, holes right on the surf, maybe even playing on top of cliffs over uh, chasms of ocean water. There's no shortage of good things to say about island golf. Uh, And and like you said, uh, there are a few great areas, pockets uh, of islands around the country. Uh, we'll get into great golf islands around the world at the end of the episode and mention a few of those. But uh, we've come up with a list of, like we've done on other episodes, three each uh, golf islands worth talking about. Um, anything else we should mention before we go into that list, Joe? No, Al, I mean, that's the perfect intro for this. You know, we prize ocean encounters or ocean views with island golf. By the same token, there are a lot of island golf courses that don't offer ocean uh, views, if you will. Yet, 
it's still great golf, you know? So uh, a lot of variety, maybe a surprising amount of variety in golf on the islands in the U.S. And, uh, you know, when we think of island golf among the 50 states, uh, shoot, go ahead and lead off because this is first and foremost, not only in my mind in general, but with what's happened lately. Uh, we we were going to talk about golf islands and at some point this season, uh, and obviously most have seen what has happened on the island of Maui in the Hawaiian Islands, uh, some wildfires, uh, devastating stuff, Joe, uh, particularly in the small historic seaside town of Lahaina, very close to some of the best courses in Hawaii, the, in the country. Uh, I mean, Kapalua is like 15 minutes up the road from where all these fires are happening. Um, so pretty scary stuff, obviously tragic. Um, but there is no conversation about great golf islands in the United States that doesn't have Hawaii on the list. And it's not just Maui. Um, it There are great courses on most all of the Hawaiian islands. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to to throw out there uh, for anyone interested, you go on the Visitors Bureau site for Hawaii, which you'll find a lot of information about these golf courses on. There's also a link if you'd like to donate to the Maui Strong Fund uh, to help anyone affected. If you've been and played golf in Maui or just visited, you know how special of a place it is. And uh, the fund at hawaiicommunityfoundation.org backslash Maui Strong, uh, 100% of the proceeds go directly to community needs and go to them as fast as they can. So uh, again, hawaiicommunityfoundation.org. You can find the Maui Strong Fund and donate if you'd like to. Golf on Hawaii is exceptional, Joe. And I've had the opportunity to visit two of these islands, Maui being one of them, uh, the other being Oahu, Back when I was part of the LPGA, uh, they still do have this tournament, the Lote Championship. That was played at Koalina, uh, where Michelle Wee grew up playing. In fact, there's a little statue of Michelle at Koalina. Uh, their logo is a ladybug, and it's an extremely floral golf course uh, set just behind the sea, um, right across the street from the Disney Resort property there in Oahu. Pick your island, right? There's more than 70 golf courses across the islands of Hawaii, public and private. Uh, You've got the lush, green-lined courses, that volcanic rock that you'll see from the islands to obviously layouts that have great views of the ocean, surrounding islands. Look out and you might see a whale one day. It's just phenomenal all around from big island Courses like Moanalani, Moana Kea, and Waikoloa. Go to Oahu, like I mentioned, Koalina. There's Turtle Bay Resort there, the Royal Hawaiian. Uh, you've got the Great Golf on Kauai and Princeville Mackay, the first solo design from Robert Trent Jones Jr. Uh, he seemed to like building golf courses on Hawaii Joe. Uh, the Ocean Course at Hokuala, which is a Nicholas Oceanfront property. Poipu Bay, another RTJ junior design of Kauai. 
Uh, you can go across to one of the most beautiful, uh, stunning designs in Lanai at Manele, uh, Jack Nicholas design course there. For me, Joe, if you're going to pick an island to play golf on in the Hawaiian Islands, it's Maui. And I'll talk about some of those courses, but give myself a chance to breathe if you have anything to say about the other island golf in Hawaii before we go strictly to Maui. Well, okay, I'll, I'll join you uh, after a bit uh, when we talk about Maui. But, um, you know, most amazing about the Hawaiian Islands for golf is that they're all different. And that not everybody realizes that, you know, it was such an exotic place back when these golf courses were first being developed in the 50s and 60s. And it was such a haul from the East Coast. You know, I mean, it was easier to fly to Europe. Now, these days, it's still a haul from the East Coast, but, you know, nowhere near the hassle factor. Uh, and generally, when you're going out to Hawaii, you're pretty much guaranteed excellent weather. Yep, they have their storms just like anywhere else. Um, but, you know, that's why you go there because it's in 80 degrees, you know, up to 85 with cooling breezes at, on every island. And, um, you know, we'll get to Maui, but, you know, Oahu, uh, which doesn't have as many uh, trophy courses for public play, but plenty of worthies. And Oahu's worthy because that's the big city of Honolulu. And so if you want the big city attractions from nightlife to hotel, uh, going to see the Pearl Harbor Memorial exhibit and so forth, uh, that's the place to go. Um, you know, you also have, uh, as you mentioned, Turtle Bay up in the North Shore uh, of Oahu, which has some of the biggest waves going uh, out of the Pacific where the surfing competitions are held typically in November. Um, there's a ton of stuff to do on Oahu. Still, you know, people talk about Maui as the best. We're going to get to it. Um, there are folks that love the Garden Isle of Kauai, which is where Robert Trent Jones Jr. Uh, set up his I bought a home, built another one, uh, been there for 50 years, uh, in addition to his Northern California residence. And again, uh, the Garden Isle, there's a little more rain on Kauai. So things are that much more tropical and lush. And you have Princeville and whatever's going to happen with the Prince course that was there, Poipu Bay where they had the Grand Slam of golf for a number of years, is a, a more on the drier side of Kauai, but an excellent example of, you know, fun, breezy golf with holes right on the ocean. Again, that's fairly critical. You have the big island of Hawaii, which many people love because it's the most reliably dry weather. Um, Trent Jones Jr. put it to me, predictable warm weather. Where the golf resorts are located, it's a desert by the sea. It's a great combination. I mean, some people want more tropics and flowers and lush jungle-like greenery, but if you're going out there for the sun and for golf and the breeze and the ocean views and the black and brown lava, you know, that part of the big island is pretty tough to beat. Whether it's Hualalai, where the Champions Tour plays their uh, Tournament of Champions uh, every year. Mitsubishi, I believe, is the sponsor of that one. Um, Waikoloa uh, has two courses that Trent Jones Jr. did. 
and uh, Monolani, uh, you know, a couple of really fun tracks. Uh, Mauna Kea, the resort that established all of great Hawaiian golf resort from Robert Trent Jones Sr. with an incredible par three, 250 yards over the ocean. Uh, you know, one of those holes in golf courses that you must play in your lifetime. So that's my plug for Hawaii. And yes, Lanai. Um, with now down to one major golf course, uh, yet again, completely different personality than the other islands. So, uh, yep, this is where we start when we talk about island golf. And then you shift to Maui, which I think just has the best of all of those qualities from the other islands kind of packed into one. Um, you talk about some of the world's best beaches, adventures, from helicopter rides to to surfing to snorkeling uh, to just walking around and enjoying the the sights and and sounds of the island, uh, and it starts with the number one course in Hawaii, and that's the plantation course at Kapalua. Bill Core, Ben Crenshaw, you see it every year. The Century Tournament of Champions is there as the best from the PGA Tour get their seasons in gear, uh, very relaxed environment, fun, some of the best views you'll find anywhere. And it's not a course that's on the ocean, but you have ocean views in virtually every single hole. Uh, plays on the slopes of the West Maui Mountains, Joe, and that elevation change produces some really thrilling tee shots, particularly at the end of your round, the 17th and 18th holes. Um, the course is 7,600 yards and you've got some holes that are, you know, pushing 700 in terms of the, the 18th there. Uh, I remember playing it for the first time and came up to the par for 17th and it was like, you know, 560 or something and thinking like, how does that work for an average player like me? But the tee shot's effectively straight downhill and and highly elevated so you get a lot out of it um it's actually not that difficult to reach that hole in two same goes for the par 518th it's long but it's doable and it's extremely extremely thrilling wide fairways uh as it's a resort course and pretty generous greens it's a big boy golf course, and and the pros have a good time playing there. Anyone else who has the chance to experience it will too. Joe, I know you've probably played the plantation course at Kapalua. What do you have to say about it? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know how old you were when I first played Kapalua's plantation course in 1993, but no comment. It, no comment. All right, it's. It is absolutely pure fun. Now, mind you, if you're the guy that or or gal that rigorously has to keep score, that dials in a seven iron 170 or 150 or whatever the number you hit your seven iron, no, that's not going to work at Kapalua's Plantation course. Okay, you just throw that stuff out the window. Uh, don't litter, though. And... And accept what the day gives you because it's so much fun to figure out how to play shots in the wind with these massively wide fairways, huge side slopes. And 
you know, there are holes that make you feel uh, like you're a lousy golfer, uh, nine and 13 that go back into the wind and seem pretty ordinary on paper and just crush you. And then there are those holes that make you feel like you couldn't be happier being alive on this earth, like 17 and 18 elevated tees and the ball runs forever and your ball sits up in the sky forever and golf holes that have jungle on the left and then looking out at the ocean the isle of molokai in the distance uh you're just grateful for the opportunity to be out there and you're having a blast there's another worthy golf course at kapalua called the bay course and uh there's one incredible hole the par three fifth i think uh, that pops over the ocean um the rest of the holes are pretty worthy they just can't compare in scale grandeur to the plantation course but don't skip it if you're in the neighborhood yeah and the 17th at the bay course is a par three uh that's the only hole on maui that plays over the ocean uh, perhaps that was a a redesign since i've been there maybe um, so it, back back in the day yeah it was it was the fifth but um yeah, and then, you know, there's other great resort areas on Maui. Um, it, one that's the closest to, Lah to Lahaina is Kanapali, which was a phenomenal Robert Trent Jones golf course in the day. It has since kind of been redesigned a few times, but wonderful beaches, hotels, two golf courses there. And because of its proximity in the past to Lahaina, it was, hey, we can do a bunch of stuff at Kanapali, and if we want to run over for some character and history and all of that stuff uh, for the restaurants and shops in Lahaina, it was very close. I mean, three, four miles away. Oh, yeah. And and so Kanapali will, uh, will be hurting for sure, you know, with that aspect to it. And then a lot further, uh, you know, south to that, um, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, Wailea on Maui, uh, which is, you know, again, a personal favorite. Three golf courses. We talked about it uh, two weeks ago in our family segment uh, show, family theme show, with the gold course, which is a, a scenic, really challenging course. The Emerald, maybe the best golf course I know for couples. Uh, no matter what, what your ability, it's just gorgeous and forgiving and fun. And then the blue course, which is, you know, again, a great starters course. Uh, it will not beat you up. And then all of the phenomenal hotels that are in the area. So, darn it. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Lanai and the time I, uh, and Lahaina, I should say, the time I spent there was because I was waiting to take a sh a boat, a shuttle over to the island of Lanai to play the great four seasons course there. And um, wow, we didn't want to leave Lahaina. It was so much fun, so many things to do and so much character. And so, um, yeah, personally, whatever you can do, let, let everything settle in, uh, let the process of healing uh, take place. And then think about taking a vacation out there to Maui and supporting those folks because they absolutely deserve it. You, uh, you went right down my outline here, Joe. I was going to mention the other, the other ones that you talked about. I mean, kind of poly in terms of like a, a family vacation spot. Wailea is amazing. Kind of poly 
maybe just as good, if not better for families. I mean, you've got the Kanapali Beach right there, Whalers Village Shopping Center, a bunch of little shops and restaurants right there on the surf in Kanapali. And, and right behind that is the 36 holes of golf. Uh, like you said, the Royal and the Kai, the, the Royal Arnold Palmer once called the, uh, the 18th hole of the Royal course, one of the best and most challenging finishing holes he'd ever played. You know, it's not at the level of Kapalua or Wailea, but it's up there with the best golf courses on the island, I think. Yeah, wonderful point uh, about families, about there being so much to do in the Kahanapali area. And if you're there and you're a golfer, why not play a course that's got some history? Held the World Cup, held the LPGA uh, Tour for several uh, several tournaments. And, um, yep, I mean, that's why we travel. We go to see some of these different kinds of places. So that's what, uh, that's what Maui brings. And um, uh, I know they're suffering and hopefully healing soon. And, yeah, I'm going to make it a point to get back out there myself. I've got a hint because I learned this when I went to Kapalua for the first time and it kind of just blew my mind. Uh, if you've ever looked at the Kapalua logo, obviously very famous logo, it's a butterfly. Uh, people know that. Look at the inside of the Kapalua logo next time and you'll see that the body of the butterfly is in the shape of a pineapple as those courses were built on the former pineapple plantations in the area. Uh that the golf courses now stand. So, uh, fun Cap, fact. Couple, yeah, absolutely. And Kapalua, of course, meaning arms embracing the sea. And that's what that whole property does, that whole development out there. And uh, the little kind of fingers jutting into the sea. So it's welcoming and secluded all at once. And uh, yeah, again, hearts go out to them. Yeah, if you can go down the hill to... Um the Montage Kapalua Bay and, and just the little Kapalua Bay swimming hole area. It's the best snorkeling I've ever uh, done anywhere in the world. I mean, you, you went 30 feet into the surf and ducked my head in the water and was staring a sea turtle in the face. So it just gets just kind of a magical, magical part of the world. But again, yeah, let's move on to the, the next golf island on our list. Uh, maybe we'll put Maui at the top, but where do we go from there? Well, Al, we're going to go as far to the opposite side of the country as as possible, and that is to Long Island in the state of New York. There's not a lot of snorkeling that takes place on Long Island, but it's worthy as a golf destination in its own right. Um, for those who are not familiar with New York and Long Island, and I, I, I mean, I've never lived there. I've just traveled there a lot. Um, you know, it is part of New York State. It's uh, uh, geographically an island, although uh, it's not necessarily considered an island anymore because it's so well connected to the mainland. So um, for other purposes, uh, they call it a peninsula. Uh, that's that's at least what the United States Supreme Court uh, ruled uh, at some point. People think of Long Island and think of the Hamptons and all the money that goes for New Yorkers and others that go out there for the summer because it's less crowded. It's cooling breezes. It's beautiful scenery. 
out at that tip. And then a host of phenomenal private golf clubs. I mean, that's the plus and the minus. If you're a very well-connected listener to this program um, and have access to get onto Shinnecock Hills and National Golf Links and Maidstone and Atlantic and all of the other golf courses out that way, including uh, the recent uh, New York, um, I think the Met Amateur was staged there, Friars Head, yeah. which is a little further north but out there. I mean, I think it's the best area in the entire United States for golf. I really do. The combination and variety and the rest of it. But and concentration, almost, right? I and mean, the like, good point. Good Lord. The amount of world-class courses. But also, you need to remember that it's not just the easternmost part of Long Island. Central Long Island is full of wonderful places to play golf, including old money haunts such as Piping Rock and the Creek Club. So we're finally getting to the point of this segment, which is, yeah, there's some public golf on Long Island as well. And it starts, and some would say finishes, with Bethpage State Park. And Bethpage and the Black Course, uh, I don't think really needs much of an introduction. Um, it's easier to get onto than it once was when your only prayer was to sleep overnight in the parking lot. No matter how much sleep you got or you didn't, and that way you made a tea time for the next day. Uh, that That's how you were able to do it. So it, it's a little... And every bit is complicated, just less onerous these days. But yeah, is it worthy of trying to go to that extra effort of playing the black course at Bethpage State Park? Hey, U.S. Opens, PGA Championship, Ryder Cup coming in 2025. It may well be the toughest public golf course out there. Again, with no tricks, just elevation changes, massive bunkers wrist fracturing rough. I wrote about this stuff uh, in a recent issue of Lynx, and I can tell you which one that was. That would be spring of 2023. And Al, I believe I called it the max uh, maximum beatdown is Bethpage Black. So you know what? Again, um, and it's walking only. So you got to be reasonably physically fit just to handle the walk and hitting out of the rough and up and out of those bunkers but if you're an even a decent player, you owe it to yourself um, to maybe the ultimate public test of golf is Bethpage Black. There's two other courses I have to mention on Long Island that make it worthy of my first choice. Bethpage Red. Again, there are five championship courses at Bethpage State Park, and the Red is ranked number two among them. It has its proponents to say, why isn't this in the top 100 public courses? And it's had its votes. Um, never quite makes that, if you will, but it is a heck of a test of driving in its own right, starting with the very first hole, 471-yard 470, par four, and has an elevated green. That's a nice handshake. Uh, good luck making par out of the blocks at Bethpage Red. But uh, excellent golf course in its own right and worthy if you're going to be in the neighborhood. Even if you can't get onto the black, the red is worth playing. And um, 
And then there's two other courses I've got to mention. And Long Island probably has a dozen pretty good public courses. And, and I say that with no disparagement at all. It's just, would you make a special trip for them? No, you wouldn't. One that comes close is the farthest out on the point of Long Island, Montauk. And not everybody, even locals, want to drive all the way out to the furthest point. But Montauk Downs State Park has a golf course that goes back to the 1920s. And eventually that course was abandoned and completely rebuilt by Robert Trent Jones Sr. in 1968. And it's just called Montauk Downs. And then, I don't know, 40 or 50 years later, his son Reese uh, substantially uh, remodeled it. So it's a little more fun and playable than it was in the day. But what you have is that Lynx-like feel. doesn't play as fast and rolling as a classic Lynx, but you have all the seaside vegetation, the wind blowing, and, uh, you know, sea spray, if, if not actual sea views. So, again, for many in the Northeast that lobbied that this should be a top 100 public course, it comes close. And if you're out there, have access to any of the great private courses, go play Montauk. Final Long Island entry I'll use. Uh, if For you history buffs, Eisenhower Park. The Red Course. There are multiple golf courses at Eisenhower Park. Uh, the Red was originally a Devereux Emmett design, pretty historic Golden Age designer, 1914. Walter Hagen won the PGA Championship there in 1926, but it was uh, much of it was abandoned, redesigned by Trent Jones Sr. Many of those holes were abandoned, redesigned, etc. Just know that. You're walking in very famous footsteps if you play the entire red course at Eisenhower Park, which also hosted the Champions Tour for a few years. So it may not be the course that Walter Hagen won the PGA on, but there are a few shots and few holes that uh, that harken back to the day. So, again, Bethpage is so strong in Bethpage Black, it gets my vote uh, as the top must-see island uh, in that part of the world. And there are others, and we'll get to them at the end of the show, but that's where I start. You was looking at, after you mentioned Montauk Downs, how far out there it was. You know, Long Island, the uh, the Hamptons, popular beach area for people coming from the city in New York. Montauk Downs is 120 miles from New York City. Three and a half hours by car from what I'm looking up right now. And that includes some traffic, but 120 miles to get out there. Got to go past all those great courses in Southampton and East Hampton on the way. Uh, and then you can get to Montauk Downs. Um, and and Al, I've had, yeah, I've had people uh, in Southampton when I said, Hey, I'd love to just have a look at Montauk Downs. And they're like, uh, I don't want to drive all, all the way out to there. Oh, oh. Isn't it just another speck on the map right down the road? Uh, no, even from Southampton, it's a little bit of a hike. Hmm. Well, other question for you, assuming, I don't know if you've played all the courses at Bethpage, Joe. Um, I have not. But I know the red is, is Tillinghast, and the blue, I think, is the other Tillinghast to go with the black. Um, 
if you had a suggestion for someone who doesn't play the black, it's probably the red next. Um, and I don't know what you knew about the rest of the ones at Beth Page for anyone visiting there. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, there is a yellow course there as well. Um, but uh, again, just kind of uh, the a vague thing because I haven't played them. But uh, after the red course, the blue gets the nod. Okay. Um, and then uh, basically the green course after that. So um, as a visitor, you know, it's a little bit like going to St. Andrews, Al. You know, you say, well do I play them all just to say I played them all? Or do you say, well, I, I'm, I'll am i play the best one or the top two and then maybe move on to some other places on your vacation? So, yep, I would say do the blue if you're going to do a third. This episode is presented by Wild Dunes Resort, a resort unlike any other. Wild Dunes offers something for everyone. Award-winning golf, tennis, pickleball, and sparkling pools, delicious on-site dining, and memorable outdoor adventures. Located just outside Charleston in beautiful Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Wild Dunes offers 36 holes of signature golf designed by Tom Fazio. The Lynx course was Fazio's first solo design and is still among his favorites today. From the rustling palms lining the rolling fairways to a finishing hole overlooking the glistening Atlantic, the Lynx course is South Carolina golf at its finest. The Harbor Course, another of Fazio's gems known for its challenging design, beautiful views, and most of all, water. From lagoons and salt marshes to the intracoastal waterway, this course will test all aspects of your game. Whether it's an afternoon golf outing or a week-long excursion, you will enjoy every minute of your golf vacation at Wild Dunes Resort. Learn more about Wild Dunes at wilddunes.com. We'll move on from Long Island. We'll stay on the East Coast for my next one. And, Joe, they call it the Golf Island for a reason. Uh, there's more than 20 courses you can play here, uh, and that's Hilton Head Island. Uh, it's the largest barrier island, I think, behind Long Island in the country. Uh, Hilton Head was home for me for about three years, was home for you as well, Joe, for uh, quite a bit of time uh, back when you were with Lynx and before you returned to us in all your glory. Uh, but Hilton Head is fantastic in terms of golf and being on an island. It starts there with the the course everyone knows from the PGA Tour and the host of the RBC Heritage Harbortown Golf Links. Uh, Pete Dye, Jack Nicholas, and Harbortown is a tremendous test. It was your ultimate test of precision. You can find yourself in the fairway and be blocked off still to a green if you haven't taken the right angle of approach to some of the holes out there. Uh, Pete Dye's quirkiness in terms of his bunkers of all shapes and sizes. Uh, target golf, pretty small greens, but a tremendous finish particularly the 18th long par four that plays towards that candy cane striped red and white uh, lighthouse that everyone knows from Hilton Head. But it's not the only golf on the island. It's not the only golf in Sea Pines, the resort that it belongs to. Uh, you've also got a tremendous uh, Davis Love the Third redesigned course at Atlantic Dunes. That's my favorite course on Hilton Head. Uh, you've got Heron Point, which is another Pete Dye course that makes up those trio. And it kind of, if you look at Hilton Head, you see it's almost like a tiered kind of system. 
you got sea pines at the very top. I think below that, the next level you would go to would be Palmetto Dunes, which has three really great 18-hole courses as well. Uh, the Robert Trent Jones course, which again gets right out to the ocean at one point, uh, doesn't stay there, kind of winds through the sounds and marshes uh, just inland from the ocean breeze. But there, there is a hole that you can basically walk out onto the surf from right there. Uh, very challenging course. They have a George Fazio course that's very enjoyable as well. And an Arthur Hills course. Uh, all that kind of set inland. As well, I'll give a nod to their practice facility where they have a top tracer range. So many people will look and see if there's a top golfer equivalent in their area when they're on a family vacation to somewhere like Hilton Head Island. Palmetto Dunes has installed their top tracer range, which effectively turns their driving range mats into a top golf uh, where you can hit out and play the games, all the same games you would at a normal top golf facility and uh, simulate rounds and things like that. So it's a nice little perk for families there too. Uh, below that, you would go to what's called the Heritage Golf Collection. That Heritage Golf Collection now includes 117 holes of championship golf from Port Royal to Oyster Reef, my personal favorite, Shipyard Golf Club, and now Palmetto Hall is actually part of that too, Joe. Plenty of good off-island golf courses as well uh, in neighboring Bluffton, just across the other side of the bridge. My personal favorite is Old South over there. I'm sure you'll have something to say about that. Uh, Hilton Head National gets a lot of great things said about it. A Gary Player design just off the, the island as well in Bluffton. And there's some really tremendous private golf in Hilton Head, too. But um, public golf, it, this is a really good... We were talking about the concentration of private golf in Long Island. The concentration of public golf in Hilton Head is very impressive. Yep. Uh, I will agree with you, Al. And I think uh, Hilton Head it comes in about as strong as any any case you could make. I mean, Hawaii is its own animal, so to speak. Uh, with seven islands, uh, but Hilton Head Island being one place with so many good golf courses. Uh, it's just amazing. And not just that, so many good public access courses. There are a whole bunch, of, as you mentioned, of great private tracks, but a whole collection of wonderful public access golf courses. And so, yeah, I was. I found that curious as well. That you only get a few glimpses of the ocean at different courses through Hilton Head, but the varieties still feel like islands. I mean, many of them are thick with trees, but you still kind of a, a number of others, such as Old South, um, and uh, and and of course Heron Point on the island from Pete Dye, which is a sea pines course, where you're hopscotching over the marshes. You know, the same thing with Palmetto Dunes, Arthur Hills course. It really feels coastal uh, because of that aspect. And so, yeah, you do kind of feel like you're on an island. And that's really what the island experience is all about. You'd love the ocean views, but the next stuff that comes with it, you know, is pretty, pretty great, too. So I played my first two courses on Hilton Head in 1976 
And uh, as you mentioned, lived there for four years in the late 90s, many, many visits before and since. And um, yeah, uh, huge, huge thumbs up, two of them from me for Hilton Head as a golf island. What's your favorite public course on Hilton Head? I said mine was Atlantic Dunes. Uh, that's formerly the the first golf course built on the island. It used to be called the Ocean Course by George Cobb and uh, Davis Love redesigned it in 2016 and i think he did a wonderful job what's your favorite layout on the island joe yeah i haven't had a chance to uh actually play it uh since davis did his work i was there when he he and mark were laying it out of course the par 3 15th that does overlook the ocean uh, is always going to be special um and uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. I'm still partial to Harbor Town because uh, very few golf courses fit my game so well when I was playing as well as I was. Uh, was never very long, but I was straight, and I like to think my way around. And if you could execute at Harbor Town, it was very satisfying. And you kind of finally come out of the woods and the lagoons for those last two holes along the sea and uh, the lighthouse back there. It's uh, many, many happy memories associated with playing that golf course. Man, I had still haven't put it together at Harbor Town uh, on a given round. Well, I played there a few well, times. Well, and... you're Al, you're you're young yet. You you will you will eventually grow into this and appreciate it. But uh, you know, you make a good choice with Atlantic Dunes. I did see what it looked like. Didn't you have a chance to play it? But uh, a lot of really good golf on Hilton Head. Do not sleep on. Palmetto Dunes. Those three courses are extremely diverse and you've got double greens, you've got canal holes, you've you've got the the marshes, like I mentioned, and a lot of water carry. Watch out for alligators while you're popping around those those different water hazards. Uh, but it's really, really fun. Well, really fun I'll tell you, we, you and I talked about this once before. The George Fazio course uh, at Palmetto Dunes uh, isn't, you know, isn't in the spotlight very often anymore. It was in the day, early 1970s and beyond. It was ranked in the top 100. But if Harbortown kind of flatters my game, the George Fazio course at Palmetto Dunes does the opposite. If you're a good player, you will relish the shot options at the George Fazio because they are a bunch of long par fours, well bunkered, Greens, you got to hit a real golf shot to to hit the green and hold it, and uh, and so good players, uh, kind of a a, a well kept secret, gravitate to that golf course. Okay, let's go to your next one, your second one. Okay, Al, I call this the Isles of Charleston, and by Isles, plural, yeah, islands. Um, we're talking about. The Isle of Palms, which is home to the Wild Dunes Resort, and to Kiowa Island further south, which is home, of course, to the Kiowa Island Golf Resort. And I'm not going to spend too much time on them, even though they deserve it, because we just covered them two weeks ago when we were talking about our favorite family resorts. But honestly, the golf is so good at either one of them that they do very well as buddies trips and buddies resorts. Uh, and, and I'm going to start with Wild Dunes, partly because it's that much closer to the city of Charleston. Um, it's located on a tiny 
slender barrier island called the Isle of Palms. And in its earliest days, the resort was actually called the Isle of Palms Resort. But people fell in love so much with Tom Fazio's first major solo design, Wild Dunes, and everybody just said, oh, wow, you're going to play Wild Dunes? Have you ever played Wild Dunes? And the resort changed to Wild Dunes. So understandably so, um, a series of storms have altered the golf course over the years. But Fazio and uh, his team were back a couple of years ago. And it's uh, it, it's really, really, really good again. Um, so that would be the Lynx course with the final couple of holes playing along the Atlantic Ocean and other holes that go through these beautiful coastal marshy environments with those great little oak trees and so forth. Uh, the other golf course there is the Harbor Golf Course. And uh, man, again, don't overlook that if you're around. I mean, the Lynx course is the one you want to check off. But the Harbor Golf Course, boy, um, it's got that same coastal feel. The intracoastal waterways there, the marsh carries, uh, the breezes, the, the scent of being on the coast is there. And so it's a little tighter, uh, but uh, still a worthy companion. Uh, great lodging options at the boardwalk in and, 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 and in villas. Uh, dining, I mean, you're in the low country. Whether you dine on property, going to Charleston, it's some of the best in the country. And so if we go a lot further south in Charleston to Kiowa, um, again, a magnificent property. And I'm not just speaking of the Ocean Course, which hosts PGA Championships and the Ryder Cup and the U.S. Senior Open. Of course, it's one of the best public access golf courses in the country. But there are other golf courses there, too. Now, Pete died at the Ocean Course, but Jack Nicholas did one called Turtle Point, a little tighter, okay? Uh, three holes, 14, 15, and 16, that have ocean encounters. So it's worthy in and of itself. Good test. The only one I haven't played of the five is Tom Fazio's Osprey Point. I've toured it. The clubhouse is great. And Fazio was in his prime doing that golf course. So, you know, another one that's very worthy. And then there's Cougar Point, which is a Gary Player course that he redesigned, had been an executive course. Now it's a full-length course. It had been that way for 15 or so years. And again, coastal, marsh carries, uh, the golden grasses waving late in the day and all of that. Uh, and then just off the island is a Clyde Johnson course called Oak Point. Uh, pretty stern test in its own right if you feel like you need more golf. But um, on the island itself and those four golf courses and a fabulous resort, whether you stay in the Sanctuary Hotel uh, or you stay in one of the villas or a private home. And then there are these new four-bedroom cottages right at the ocean course. Spectacular restaurants both at the sanctuary and at the ocean course. I mean, it's just, you can't go wrong. And what I love about Kiowa is the feeling of spaciousness, of being isolated from the rest of civilization 
because of the protected areas and the wetlands and the trails for biking and walking that go through there, it truly feels like an escape, only with a whole bunch of great golf and terrific lodging, sophisticated dining, tons of stuff to do, and the beach is right there. It's an oasis, and Kiwa's great. Um, Wild Dunes is as well. Kiwa used to be there wasn't you know much there once you're you're kind of isolated once you get to the island they've kind of they've built that up uh at the entrance of kiowa island and uh it's yeah you just escape once you arrive there um you're you're kind of in that kiowa bubble uh, and surrounded by really really good golf again it's there's something for everybody there at kiowa and and here's what you do joe you talk about the islands of charleston so you got isle of palms up at the very north you got Kiowa below south. So I think what you probably do is you go to Wild Dunes first, and you can play one or two rounds there, uh, spend a night or two as well. Then you pop over and you do your Charleston thing. You do the shopping. You eat great restaurants. Um, take a bunch of pictures and, and spend a, a night and day in downtown Charleston. Enjoy all that history. And then pop down and finish at Kiowa if you went straight from Wild Dunes to Kiowa, it's an hour and a half drive. So split it between and visit downtown Charleston. But really, while you're in the area, you've got two world-class resorts there surrounding a world-class city. Yeah, what a fabulous vacation. Whether golf is your emphasis or not, uh, with all of the Revolutionary War history, Civil War history associated with Charleston, all the culture, um, I mean, it's awesome, you know, to have that kind of golf close by. And Charleston itself, you know, has some very worthy golf, including some great private golf. But, um, yeah, it's just a very attractive destination for all of those reasons. You'll find all your Christmas gifts that you'll need in one fail swoop by going through the Charleston City Market right there, too. So a lot can be done on this trip, not just golf. I'm going to keep going uh, a little a little further north of where we just were in Charleston and to a an area that people may think of the area just north of it from what I'm talking about. Uh, Myrtle Beach is the popular golf spot. If not Charleston, then you go Myrtle Beach when you're talking about golf in South Carolina. Just south of Myrtle Beach and... I've been going there since I was a little kid and my family would always go to Litchfield by the sea, uh, which is right next to a, a great golf Island in its own right, Joe. I'm talking about Polly's Island, South Carolina. And I'm talking about that for the main reason. I think that you put this on this list again, there's a, within a, you know, 10-mile stretch in Pauly's Island, South Carolina, you've got 10 golf courses that are all brilliant. And at the very top of that list, for fans of uh, Mike Strands, two of his golf courses are right next to each other here in Pauly's Island, True Blue and Caledonia. Caledonia is one of those public courses that feels like a private course. I mean, it's a gorgeous setting. 
the former grounds of a rice plantation there on Polly's Island. Uh, not many houses on the golf course, a very secluded type of feel. A lot of people have equated that experience of playing at Caledonia to looking like Augusta National and its beauty and its splendor uh, and its seclusion. Uh, the other Mike Strands course, True Blue, right across the street. I think when I think of Mike Strands and like Tobacco Road, uh, a lot of those um, quirks, True Blue plays up a lot of those as well. Uh, maybe more so than Caledonia, in my opinion. Caledonia's a little friendlier. True Blue challenges you in a way that you're not used to and maybe not comfortable with. Uh, those are right across the street from each other. You've also got Holly's Plantation, which Joe, right now, as we're we're talking, is going undergoing a, a renovation uh, from Nicholas Design. It's increasing its green sizes from 78,600 to 117,000 square feet. So it's increased the size of its greens almost 50%. Uh, it's going to reopen October 1st, just in time for some some nice fall golf weather uh, in coastal South Carolina. But Polly's Plantation is one of my favorite courses in the area, too. It's a really challenging Jack Nicholas design. And then you've got little other great courses. One of my personal favorites is the River Club in Polly's Island. Uh, fun back nine finishing stretch playing uh, you've got an island green par three. You've got a reachable par five to finish it off. River Club's really fun. Uh, and there's Tradition. There's Litchfield Country Club. It's all just like kind of like a miniature Myrtle Beach where you have this high volume of public courses, but in a smaller, dare I say, nicer area of the, the Grand Strand in South Carolina. Uh and I think better golf, I'm going to go out there and say, found in Polly's Island versus you can spend a lot of time in Myrtle Beach. But if you want a really good level of golf and a lot of it, Polly's Island should be on this list. Great choice, Al. I've played every one of the golf courses you mentioned on Polly's Island. And I think maybe the, the way we'll put it tactfully is Polly's is a less commercialized version of what you find in Myrtle Beach. Um, so if you will, the pace is a little slower. Um, it feels like more of an escape, a retreat, and and that kind of thing. Uh, some of the golf courses you mentioned are in my personal favorites, uh, starting with the Mike Strands course, Caledonia, uh, which I just fell in love with. Again, another course similar to Harbor Town that savored my game. Um, it's more about precision, but the setting, uh, antebellum clubhouse and uh, all the marshes next door, the trees that frame the holes, very imaginative shaping in the fairways and bunkers from Mike Strands as, as usual. And then True Blue uh, wasn't blessed with quite as many natural advantages, but it had a bunch. Um, and he did some some real earth moving there. Uh, creating big, tall dunes and sprawling lakes, uh, holes that really made you think. Great variety in True Blue. So, and and the others in Polly's, again, from a good, strong Jack Nicholas course at Polly's Plantation, 
um, to a few of the others you mentioned. And even Litchfield just has that old family classic feel to a, a country club style course that we all remember growing up with. So um, excellent choice. I mean, and plus you have Pauly's Island itself. I think they were famous for the making the rope baskets or uh, what it was. Maybe you can help me out. Hammocks or something. Hammocks. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I have something uh, going back a ways, but, um, you know, a beautiful part of the country that can stand alone, even though it's so proximate to Myrtle Beach itself. Joe, our final golf island on the list, uh, or should I say islands? Yeah, I had a kind of a tie for third place with mine, Al. Um, again, we touched on both of these two weeks ago when we did our uh, best golf resorts for families. Um, the island that I'm talking about first is Amelia Island, which uh, is kind of home to the Omni Amelia Island Resort. Again, it's part of the uh, Sea Islands chain of barrier islands, and you have just a perfect resort experience. You have the Oak Marsh Course, Early Peat Dye. Again, short, precise, terrific aesthetics. You have very underrated Long Point from Tom Fazio, which is typically a private club, but guests have access there. And then that new short course, uh, Little Sandy, is that the name of it? Little Sandy, uh, yeah. From Bo Welling, 10 holes. Um, that's just been drawing raves. Have you played it? Um, I haven't no, had a chance to play it yet, but well, everybody's... I got, got all the pictures when that was announced and threw them on okay. social media. That looks really, really fun. Everybody's raving about it, and I know what kind of work Bo Welling does with those short courses, and it's pure fun, whether you're a really good player or just beginner. So, you know, between that and being a, just a safe area with good weather in northern Florida, a uh, state park right there uh, on the beach, and the quality lodging and dining, um, Amelia Island gets a vote from me. There are other golf courses in the vicinity, too, and on the island. Um, but, of course, I start with, with what's associated with the Omni. The yeah. other one I have to finish with, uh, and, and I'll let you count, comment as you will, because this is a giant in its own right, is Sea Island. So the funny thing about Sea Island that not everybody understands is that Sea Island is home to one of the greatest resorts on the planet, the Sea Island Resort. It's part of the Golden Isles and it sits on Sea Island, yet another barrier island. It, but it's off Georgia, very close to Florida. So Amelia and sea, and sea Island are pretty close to each other. So the Cloister is an old famous hotel that was completely rebuilt in about 20 years ago. And uh, it's still considered one of the greatest hotels around. But part of the Sea Island Resort includes another property called the Lodge at Sea Island, which is located on another island 10 minutes away St. Simon's Island. And why do I say that? Just why it's, why it's so different? Because St. Simon's Island is actually home to the Sea Island Golf Club. And that's where you go to play your golf from the Sea Island Resorts. So St. Simon's Island 
with the Sea Island Golf Club has the seaside course, an old layout that Tom Fazio redid about 25 years ago that hosts the PGA Tour every year, the RSM Classic, I believe, fantastic golf course with several holes on the ocean. And then Davis Love, who lives on uh, Sea Island, they uh, uh, his design company uh, redid the plantation course, which is next door. Uh, it's it's on property at the Sea Island Golf Club. And then they also did another golf course about five or 10 minutes away called The Retreat, which used to be the St. Simon's Island Club a long time ago. Don't worry about that. But your golf offerings at this resort are two courses at the Sea Island Golf Club, and that's Seaside and Plantation. Then nearby, there is the Retreat Golf Course, all part of the Sea Island Resort, where the main hotel is located on Sea Island itself, and then the golf and the lodge are located on St. Simon's Island. So it's a little complicated, but if you live down there, and you're doing the low country boils and you're having the Brunswick stew and the shrimp and grits and phenomenal private golf there as well. I mean, 15 or 20 tour pros live there. Great instruction there as well. Um, sea Island Resort and the islands of Sea Island and St. Simon Islands. That's why I got to mention them with an asterisk, so to speak, but totally worthy and uh, truly one of the greatest resorts uh, anywhere on the planet. Sea Island is, yeah, very top of my list of places you hear about all the time and just never had the chance to go. It seems like it's, you know, it's not that far from, from where I am in the Carolinas, so it seems like when that should be done. How about this, Joe? We talked about the... Islands of Charleston, about an hour and a half drive from Wild Dunes to Kiowa. From Sea Island, from St. Simon's Island in Georgia to Amelia Island in Florida, it's less time than it is from the two Charleston places how, from one to the other. How about that? All right. <laughs> so you could do an island twofer with those two places as well and hop on I-95 and in about an hour and 15 minutes, you can go from Sea Island to uh, the Ritz-Carlton Amelia Island and the A1A and Fernandina Beach, one of the most beautiful beaches in the country right there. Um, they're really not that far. They're basically both right on the border of the Florida-Georgia line right there. So, you know, maybe we can couple those two together after all. All right. All right. You, I think you convinced me. So that was golf, public golf, great golf islands in the Americas. If you talk about golf islands of the world, what would you what would you think of as being part of that conversation? Well, you know, our uh, our fearless leader, George Pepper, at Links, uh, did an article about this a number of years ago. And, um, you know, it was fascinating to reread that because sometimes you forget that some of these places are islands. They may be really huge islands, but they're islands. And that includes, uh, well, Great Britain, which encompasses Scotland, um, Ireland, uh, with some of our very favorite courses, and Australia. 
with the incredible sand belt courses for just for starters. So there is that um, among the giant islands that have uh, a heavy volume of great golf. I mean, we can bring up Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory. We True. can bring up, how about Cape Breton? Um, which has that little causeway and oh wow all you of a call sudden that you're an at, island sure yeah sure. yeah you're at Cabot and uh, and uh, and of course the great course all the way out the highlands mm-hmm. um, which is a, a wonderful place and um, I don't know uh, just many others I've been to Hainan Island in China which has a remarkable variety of golf courses uh, many of them designed by Schmidt Curley yeah, I mean, you, know, you could go New Zealand. You could go, you know, plenty of islands in the Caribbean. Well, Vancouver Island is different from the city of Vancouver. That's a very pleasant way to spend uh, a summer or fall uh, with some very good golf courses there. Of course, Jamaica has their proponents. Um, and how about one of our absolute favorites that we're just overlooking for now, Bermuda. Yeah. And uh, one, one of the, I mean, Mid-Ocean Club, Port Royal, and uh, and some of the others there. But of course, uh, Mr. Pepper cleverly made the distinction. And I'm like, I would have never remembered. I would have never remembered the island of Hispaniola. That encompasses the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Uh, one of them has really good golf. <laughs> no, we know all about the Dominican, that's for sure. Um, you know, back home to... Uh, you have little pockets, these islands such as Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, um, Baldhead Island, Nags Head. They are retreats. They are wonderful escapes with golf. We just didn't talk about them in, in depth because the ones that we mentioned today have overflow with golf options and, and quality options. We're talking anywhere from 5 to 25 uh, really good golf courses in the in the properties we mentioned. But for that special getaway, don't neglect some of those, you know, one course, two course islands that are not too far away from where you live. Yeah, very good point. Um, our list was not comprehensive. There's plenty of good one offs and two offs, like you mentioned. Gosh, even off Hilton Head, uh, we enjoyed Defusky. the ferry. Yeah, the ferry ride over to Defusky. Uh, yeah, I I totally forgot to mention that, but Hague Point, oh my gosh, it's, you can get over and play that while you're in Hilton Head Island as part of your, your trip there. What a special little piece of property that is. The whole experience is wonderful, but but Defusky used to offer more golf, and um, unfortunately, I think we're down to that one. Well, great. There's There's plenty to talk about and plenty to see. Uh, at an island near you, uh, go hopping and combine a lot of those. It, it seemed like a, the majority were on the East Coast as compared to, to out West. It's it's Hawaii West, and then the rest is, is sort of Eastern-based. Um, but, yeah, that, I don't know if we missed something out there, Joe. Again, you could name them all. People from L.A. love to get over to Catalina Island. Fantastic escape from the crush of humanity that is LA and there is a small golf course that the Wrigley family built back in the 1930s um, that if you want to play golf while you're out there you can do it and there are other examples here or there but um, you know what I really hope to emphasize was you think island golf and you think of breezes and 
and the being on the coast and the special kind of vacation that getting away to an island brings. And we de definitely covered the ones that had the most quality golf experiences. I'll say one that just popped back in my head before we sign off is is Maine. And I, I remember doing we did a piece on linksmagazine.com on Maine's island golf courses. You can go look that up. Um, and that, I mean, I wasn't, it's not a part of the country I've visited before, but uh, it was a pretty Mount, good uh, reason they, to go visit that one. They call it Mount Desert or Desert, uh, Mount Desert Island. And there are golf courses located uh, on that spot, including some charming little coastal courses. I enjoyed them all uh, as I did uh, feasting on lobster and blueberry pie at almost every meal. Uh, even breakfast. <laughs> so, there you go. That's a good uh, don't, Yeah, there you are. There you have it. All right, Joe. We'll wrap it up. Okay, Al. Until next time, uh, find your beach, find your island.